Good day to you all. This is Josh Hodge from Magnify Him Together. We're on episode number eight of Remember Now Thy Creator podcast. Today, we want to talk a little bit about a land feature that could be described as grand, immovable, picturesque, monumental, majestic, magnificent. Maybe you know what it is. We're going to talk about mountains. We're not talking about small elevations in the earth. For example, I live in a place called Mount Hope in Ontario, Canada. And it's called Mount Hope because it's the highest elevated piece of land between two lakes, Lake Erie and Lake Ontario, two large lakes in the area. But you wouldn't know it's a mountain. The area that I live looks completely flat. What we're talking about today is a towering landmass. Great mountains. The the type that humans are enamored by. The ones that are tourist destinations. The ones people love to view and, and to see and to witness. The ones that people love to climb and experience the thrill of great heights and view the world around from their summits. Now, maybe the most impressive mountain that we we know is on Earth, or at least the most famous, is Mount Everest. It's the mountain with the highest altitude on Earth, 29,000 feet, just a little over that. And man wants to conquer that mountain, don't they? Many people have attempted to climb. The first successful people were two men in 1953. And since 1953, despite the monsoons, avalanches, storms, high altitudes with little oxygen, ice collapses, falling rock, exhaustion, despite the fact that 300 people have died, attempting the climb, and that it is a a three-month experience to get there, to climb it, to get back again, and that it costs $75,000, give or take. Despite all of that, many thousands more have attempted the climb. 4,000 have been successful, actually. And I suppose it's because it's impressive no matter how many people have accomplished the feat. People feel this great sense of accomplishment. Mountains in scripture can represent a lot of different things. Have a listen to this verse. Psalm 36, verse 6. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. God's righteousness. And just as man is enamored by mountains, by great mountains, we are to be enamored by God's righteousness. God is is right in all his ways. He is right in all his thoughts. He is right 
in all his words. That's what it means, that God is righteous. He's right in every way. If he's right in his words, that can be special because we have his words. And we can learn his thoughts and understand his ways through the scriptures. Every day, I think we, we try to make right decisions, don't we? And so many times, we're unsure if we're making the right decision or taking the right action. We think about it, and maybe we, we make the best decision possible, but it turned out it wasn't the right decision. It wasn't the right thing to say. Sometimes we might do something one day, but a year from now, we would do something completely different because we've learned through experience or, or we understand Scripture differently. But that isn't true for God. Everything he does is right all of the time. We don't have to wonder, though, about the source of righteousness when we try to make a decision that is right. Righteous decisions, decisions that are right, are only righteous and right if it is from God. God is the source of righteousness. Man can't create his own. We can't think long and hard enough about what is right for this world and for mankind and become a creator of righteousness. God is the origin of righteousness. That's important, isn't it, for, for all of us to think about. Life becomes very different if we think that we can come up with our own righteousness and, and make decisions and, and think about things based on our own ways and our own thought processes. Sin, which is wickedness, its, it's wrongdoing is the opposite of righteousness, isn't it? And all of us have sinned and come short of God's righteousness. Sin is what we're associated with, sin and death. And yet, righteousness, as we've said before, is what we should be enamored by, because it's of God. Righteousness is what we want. We want to be like God. And God's righteousness is beautiful. It's majestic. It's inspiring. And so the psalmist could say, My tongue shall speak of thy righteousness, and of thy praise all the day long. And not only is it something beautiful, we're being told it's something we should think about and, and speak about often. It's a question that we can ask ourselves. Is it something we think about, God's righteousness? How often do we speak about it? Or, we can also learn from the scriptures that God's righteousness is immovable. Psalm 119 verse 142 says, Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness. 
So the righteousness of God now is the righteousness of God at creation. And yeah, it's the righteousness of God that we'll see in the kingdom. And when we see that lofty, soaring, immovable mountain, we can think of God's righteousness and how that it won't be moved. It's impossible to, to move or change what his righteousness is. This is actually emphasized in another passage. You might recall in, in Matthew 17, the disciples came to Jesus and, and they said, you know, why, why couldn't we perform this miracle? And Jesus says, because of your unbelief. I say to you, if, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move hence to a yonder place and it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. And so when we look at this verse, moving a mountain is seen as impossible because it is immovable. Of course, it's impossible without God, and that's where faith comes in. I, I remember when I was a young boy, I I thought I could sit down, based on this verse, I could sit down and, and focus so intensely on something and, you know, such as moving a mountain. And if I focused hard enough, then that would be faith and maybe I could actually move a mountain. Of course, that thought only lasted a few seconds. But we can see in this verse that a mountain was used as an example of something that is humanly impossible. To move a mountain, that is. But that it's no longer impossible with God. It's just like our sins, the opposite of righteousness. The removal of sins is impossible without God. But with faith, it's possible. Because forgiveness and the removal of sin, being made righteous is impossible with man, but not for God. Finally, we could consider Matthew 6, because it says that God's righteousness should be prioritized. We should seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. So let's ask ourselves, is God's righteousness our priority? Is it something we look to in every decision? Are, are we consciously aware all of the time of right and wrong in life's direction? There is a right and there is a wrong. But do we understand this based on what God thinks? Undefiled by man's ways and what man thinks. All right. So next time. Next time you see a grand, immovable picturesque, monumental, majestic, magnificent, towering mountain that you're enamored by. Maybe you can be reminded that this land feature created by God is there to remind us of his righteousness. And in turn, that will help us to remember now our creator. <laughs>